Hi everyone, Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to continue to share the exciting news that the Healing Place podcast, thankful to you as listeners, is now in the top 2.5% globally out of 2,820,473 podcasts as ranked by Listen Score. Um, so still celebrating that and smiling big over that. And be sure to go to my website, which is terrywellbrock.com, T-E-R-I-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K. And either fill out the pop-up that comes up on the screen when you first arrive at the website, or go up in the corner and click on subscribe and uh, sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter because I'm also part of the Shift Network now and I will be sending you links. Uh, I'm an affiliate partner with them of just some amazing programs, a lot of free um, summits and resources and um, events being conducted on healing. Uh, they then give you the opportunity to to purchase courses and so forth, but uh, but these are these are free events uh, that you can you can sign up for. So so I love this interview, this conversation with Dr. Pat coming up, uh, incredibly informative. Another wonderful hope for healing conversation. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and just very excited to have with me today Dr. Pat Ballone. And she is here to talk to us about, and I'm going to read this, overcoming being sick, fat, and tired with mindset mastery and other superior wellness initiatives. So welcome, Dr. Pat. Thank you. I love being here. I can't wait. I can dive in. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm ready to dive in too. Well, and I and I don't. I meant to mention it before we hit record. So I've been on this health hiatus um, from mycotoxin poisoning to mold exposure. Oh my god! Uh -huh. And um, everything I've read, you know, in in looking at what you're doing and just your philosophies, I'm just such a huge fan of the whole functional medicine uh -huh. approach. And I I don't like just me personally throwing a pill at something to mask the symptoms. I want to want to get to the root. So when 20 different things happened to me, like my vitamin D levels plummeted, my electrolytes went out of whack, I knew there was a root cause going on. So with the help of a nutritionist and my doctor, um, we were able to, to do some lab Good work. I, yeah. So like Good the GI you. map and all that stuff. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like once you discover it, you're going like, how come more people don't do this? Yes. <laughs> and it's because they need to get sick. A lot of people need to get really sick before they try to do something. And sometimes there's, you know, like where you can reverse things and, you know, um, like type two diabetes is reversible, you know, um, as a lifestyle choices and there's lifestyle choices that you can do that minimize the effects of things that you've been exposed to, because a lot of people don't realize they've had an exposure to something that's not good for them, you know, until like two, a week later, 10 days later, eight days later. And then it's just like, why am I feeling like that now? And they don't relate it to anything that they ate because it's just like, because you ate what was bothering you 10 to eight days before. Um, and so those reactions are not always like one, but mold is, is insidious. Mold is, mold is a problem and it's in a lot of our foods. I mean, but a lot of people don't realize that it's in coffee, you know, it's in anything that sits, any root vegetable, by the time it hits your table, your house, you know, it's just like, that's why they recommend really washing them, especially in vinegar and water, um, is so that, you know, you have that, you know, and it kills that mold portion of it. And there's also aromatherapy things that you can do for your house that helps you have better breath and also to... Uh, to get rid of those toxins in your system in uh, in odors and things like that that are you're sensitive to yes you have i have my tea tree and frankincense so going right now because mm -hmm. <laughs> i've read so many wonderful things about the tea tree and the frankincense so i put put it uh -huh. in my infuser and or diffuser and let it go so it's funny behind me i have thyme cedar wood you know clarity and i have purification 
And so purification is the one that I might go to this whole last two and a half years with time. And then I put in other stuff like, you know, thieves or something that has like cinnamon, something that's hotter um, so that it also really smells good and you're, it makes you happy. <laughs> oh my like that's how they that's how they sell houses right is they burn cinnamon sticks you know and they put them in the water and that type of thing of this of the cinnamon candle right oh yeah it. make it smell like an yeah. apple pie or a cookie when you walk in <laughs> yeah for sure for sure yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then but at any rate but that i said that's a big thing and i'm glad that you've been able to be successful in handling that Yes, thank you. Oh, I'm doing so much better. I I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, oh my gosh, Terry, you're finally starting to look like I have some color in my cheeks and my eyes just have that little bit of sparkle back and finally starting to uh, detox and get those toxins out of my system. And um, Uh I even signed up for a 5k. So I said, all right, I'm ready now. Like we're we're getting back to to breathe. You know, 5K is, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, I wouldn't do a 5K. I would walk 5K, but I wouldn't run. Yeah. I, I, have, I have I have ballerina knees. You know, oh, ballerina okay. knees are like people who are knock kneed. Oh, people yeah. People who are knock should never run, ever. Yeah, I've never <laughs> run. I, I'll probably walk fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, get, and, and then still get to the finish line, you know, and right. have a good time. Right. So good for so, you. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. So talk to us a little bit about, um, yeah, why, how this is your passion and why you've, you've gotten into this work. Well, you know, I had an office on Cape Cod and I had it for 10 years and um, I started getting sick on Cape Cod. I started having sensitivity to mold and mildew, which I never had in my life before. And, you know, it's every September I lost my voice. Every September I got congested, you know, and I kept on thinking I just had a fall cold going from summer to going to that. But I started going back into August and turning my furnace on to 90 degrees, as high as it would go. And I'd go to work and I'd come home and I started having years that I didn't have anything. So as long as I remember to do that in August, which is a really bad time in Cape Cod. So I sold my practice and I moved to Boston. And um, when I did that, I was up there for years. I would walk around. I didn't work during that time. Um, I retired and, you know, I just wanted to go live in a big city. And, you know, and, and I loved being on the ocean. Like I lived right downtown Boston, right on the harbor. It was so beautiful. Um, you know, I'd walk into the North End, which was one of the last like Italian neighborhoods that were there. And I'd walk from that area over to the Back Bay area, you know, where all the chic, you know, places were at, like Louis Vuitton and Chanel and the Ritz Carlton and all those places. So it was kind of like a fun walk to walk through the park. So I did a lot of physical activity when I was in the city, got rid of my car. I was happy. But the one thing that made me really unhappy is that I would take time out and I would go to certain areas to go sit and I'd go to Christopher Columbus Park, which was the first park I ever went to way back when. And I said, I fell in love with Boston. And then, you know, I'd go to Post Office Square, which is in the financial district. And I realized how stressed out people were. I mean, because I'm like, wow, you would look at people's faces. You know, there was a, a person I ran into that had like gray, greasy sweat, kind of like, you know, looking face. And he looked like he was struggling, you know, and I went up to him and said, are you okay? And he said, I don't feel good. <laughs> and I said, I go, I go, tell me what's going on. You know, he never asked me who I was, what I did, didn't matter to me. Um, and so I said to him, I think you should go to the hospital. I think it might be a good idea for you to go to the hospital. My gut instinct was, is that he was in the midst of having a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't want to have an ambulance try to make it through traffic in Boston to come and get him. I thought it was faster to get him in a cab and get him over to the hospital. And so I just popped, so I was like, taxi, threw him in, told the guy to take him to, you know, Mass General. And so he did. And I saw him about a month later and he goes, oh my God, I don't know what you did, but you saved my life. I said, mm-hmm. I just threw you in a cab, <laughs> you know? And he said, but you saw, you, you knew I was sick, you know? And I said, I'm a witch. <laughs> and just passed it on because I was retired. I did not want to get involved in somebody's personal health, you know, for a while. And, but I noticed a lot of people were always had this vacant look. They were, didn't look healthy. They looked rather pale. They had poor posture. You know, if you ask them like, Hey, how you doing? Like, good. You know, there wasn't any like joie de vie, you know, in people's, you know, answers. And that bothered me. I'm going, wow, 
these people are like sick and they don't know it. That's where I first started, you know, saying that people are sick and they don't know it. You know, and then at the same time, this was in 2010, at the same time, I read an article by the CDC that said out of 212 dangerous chemicals, you know, when they tested the blood and urine of specific number of people of Americans, it was found in every person in their blood and urine. It's just like, I'm going, oh my God, all these people, it was like the light went on, all these people here are toxic and they don't know it. They have exposure to things, whether it's the food that they eat, the water they drink, the um, air that they breathe, the cleaning fluids that they're using, the gardening stuff that they're using, all those chemicals, they're constantly having them around them. You know, and that was a time when people thought that, you know, Roundup was perfectly fine, you know, and it's just like in, in the yard, you know, so it affects brain fog, it affects how well you sleep, it affects your structure and function. So it just really, really bothered me. And that was the one thing, combine those two things together, that I decided that I had to do something about that. And I wasn't going to let it progress if it was under my power and in my ecosystem. So I decided to write my book, Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? And that book didn't edit on, and come out until 2019. So there was nine years that passed because at 2010, I had no inclination really to write a book, <laughs> you know, and I did not like, no, if someone asked me, you're going to write, you're going to write a book. I would have said, forget about it. <laughs> I mean, no way, honey. I'm just like, I am done talking to people about their health, you know, and so it's like, I want people who really want to be healthy and want to listen, you know, and say like, like, you know, let me, let me take your challenge on, let me make sense of it, let me make it simple, better, and sweeter for you to get to your end result sooner and faster. I mean, who doesn't want that? And But people, a lot of times, they go like, oh, I'm, I'm fine, but health is not merely the absence of disease or infirmities. You know, it's allegedly when your organs are functioning at 100% of the time, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary. But we don't know that. So that's how the title of the book came up is why are you sick, fat, and tired? Because you know if you're tired, basically know if you're fat, you can see it, you know, you can see how your clothes fit you. If you're starting to buy bigger clothes, that's when you really need to pay attention. Um, and then you don't know if you're sick because sick takes time. I mean, you talked about having, you know, exposure to mold and having a reaction to that. That didn't just happen one day. By the time that you had more reaction to it, you were already like super sensitive to it. Yeah. And so, and so like, you know, I know the story of a woman who, you know, has bleeding from, you know, her rectum and she didn't understand why she was bleeding. She didn't have, you know, like hemorrhoids. And, but every time, you know, it seemed like it was a cycle. She went on for 10 years doing that and never getting an answer to her situation. And it ended up, she had sensitivity to avocados and she loved avocados. But every time she ate an avocado, it caused more inflammation in her gut. So you got to take a look at where those, you know, where is the problem or where is the root problem at? Where's it located at? Because you're always going to go to, and, and those things are always going to settle into your weakest organ or your weakest health link. And I'm so, so glad you when, said that only because. Why is that? What, what, what? The words that I used when I said to my family a year ago, it was March 2021, I said, I feel like I've been poisoned. I, I was stopping, and we had just moved into the house seven months prior. And I said, I feel like something is inside of me trying to find my weaknesses. I literally said those words, but now I'm intuitive and, and sense, mm -hmm. ultra sensitive, but I could almost yep. feel it trying to find the weaknesses. So I'm so glad you said that about the weaknesses. Well, you have a weak link. Everyone's got a weak link. And it doesn't mean that it's your DNA because you're not your DNA. Your DNA, they know, is relates to your environment and your epigenetics. That doesn't relate to your gene pool. It's like so you have a gene pool and you have a propensity towards something because, you know, but if, I always tell people, if you keep on eating the exact same way that your parents ate, you will have whatever your parents and grandparents had. And even worse though now, because the quality of food, unless you're eating really clean, because it was a lot cleaner back in my grandmother's time at the turn of the century because they weren't using pesticides and herbicides, you know, and other sprays that they would spray on the plant just before it went to harvest. So you're eating them. If you're drinking water out of plastic, you're drinking plastic. It's never going to leave your body. you got to figure out how to get those toxins out of your system. I only know one, and heavy metals go right through the gut wall. And it's only one cell. 
you know, but there's only one product that I know that really addresses that, you know, because a lot of people say they take zeolite, but if you're, if you're taking zeolite and if it's not in solution, you know, or if it's in solution, it doesn't pass the gut barrier. So, you know, because it has to be water soluble in order to pass the gut barrier, you know, unless you have a ton of leaky gut things going on, you yeah. know, then maybe that zeolite. But what zeolite does is it takes those cations that are in there, like the potassium and the chloride and the sodium, all those cations, and it takes them and it's just, it changes it with the heavy metal and it takes it out of your system. So in order for that to happen, your, your liver has to be working very well. <laughs> and if it's not, then you know, like a lot of people who have smell sensitivities or like someone sprays perfume, they're going, oh my God, get away from me kind of thing. Those people have issues with um, clearance in their liver. And so, you know, what happens is, is that if the gut lining is injured, then whatever you eat maybe will go out into the blood system a lot sooner. And when it does that, it has to go to the liver who does the function of detoxification you know, to handle that. And when the liver can't handle that anymore, because where it puts those toxins is back in the gut, so it can end up in the toilet. Or it will send them, if they're small enough, to the kidney, to the bladder, and in the toilet. So if it can't do that anymore, and the liver gets overwhelmed with that process, it starts storing them in blood, brain, bone, and fat in your weakest link. And you know, so that's when people start having what I call Grim Reaper Syndrome, because you start having, you know, like little symptoms like, oh, when I eat like, you know, cumin now, I can, it doesn't make, my stomach doesn't feel good. Or I used to be eat green beans, but I can't eat green beans anymore, you know, or beans or whatever it is where like, you know, you used to really enjoy that before. So why does the chemistry change? You know, it's just like, you got to take a look at what kind of inflammation is going on, where the inflammation is going at, and you have to change it. In 2004, I find this astounding. In 2004, on Time Magazine cover said, you know, inflammation, you know, the surprising link between that and chronic illness and disease, like heart disease, high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, you know, all those things. It's just like there was a surprising link. It's been there all along. And it started when you look at the what people are dying from, you know, in this day and time. In 1984, you never saw people dying from stroke. You know, when they introduced taking aspirin, for people who had heart conditions, people started having blowouts in their art, in their arteries and their veins. And when that happened, it's just like people's that stroke number kept on going up and up and up. So we really got to be mindful about what really makes us sick. You know, we have to have good structure and good posture. That's the fifth pillar of um, what I teach for health. Then you have positive mental attitude and you also have, um, you know, positive mindset. Because if you combine that, um, the nervous system that functions, the structure, function, and posture part of it with the mindset, you can go back and you can address the wellness initiatives that have to happen in the pillar of health. You know, so you have the, you know, proper diet and proper nutrition. They got to go together. You can't have just like, I can just eat whatever. You know, you have to have the components of the piece of the pie there in order for you. If you're going to make apple pie, you say, oh, this is apple pie, but I put blueberries in it instead. But it tastes like apples. <laughs> so it's like it doesn't work, you know. And you have to have the proper amount of motion in your life, you know, and exercise. you got to move or you're going to die. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a fact. Um, not making that one up. Eventually, how things um, will accumulate in the body, you know, for the things that are around us, you know, and lastly, you got to have sleep. You got to be able to sleep so that you can restore, repair and revitalize for the future. The brain detoxifies then that's when melatonin like surges so you can stay asleep. And if you can stay asleep, then you're, you're immediately healthier. You don't wake up with brain fog. You don't wake up tired. You wake up hitting the ground and you're running. So those five pillars of health are so important. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. And I, the whole time I've just shaken my head. Yes. And cheering because wow, have I learned a lot through this detox yeah. process. And so as you're talking, I'm like, yes, liver support, milk thistle. And yes, you know, eating my apple a day and, you know, to get whatever it is in the apple. Primarily from an apple, you get fiber. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, it's just such, um, I know it's worked for me. So audience members who are listening, it, it, it's, she's just so speaking the truth on so many levels because um, 
it, it is a process, but wow, recognizing, yeah, why? Just taking a step back and saying, why am I feeling this way? Or why is this going on? And wanting to look at the root cause is just crucial. Uh-huh. I think people have the stigmatism and they think that sick is throwing up in a toilet, which could be. But, you know, but when you're looking at like the kind of sick I'm talking about, I'm talking about things that come on insidiously over a period of time, you know, so you don't and you're not and you don't pay attention to them. I always use the example of something really simple like floaters. People have floaters. In Chinese medicine, they say if you have dark floaters, it relates to the kidney meridian. And if you have ones that are clear, it relates to the liver. And if you have both, then you have both two major organs that are doing, you know, that in Chinese medicine that you're going to want to ask questions about based upon what someone's telling you, you know, and I'm thinking, I didn't have floaters when I was 20 years old, you know, and I didn't have floaters when I was 30. So why are they suddenly telling me that it's normal? And it's like, you know, I don't buy it. I just like, I just, I don't buy that we have to say, because when they don't know what to tell you, they always say, oh, you know, somebody, it's your age. <laughs> and I'm thinking if I hear, I've only heard one doctor ever say that to me. And I think by the time I had my, finished my conversation with him, I think he wished he never would have said that to me. <laughs> right. um, because, you know, it's just like, you know, I had a head trauma. And so the next day I still had a headache. Um, and because I went through, I was walking out of the store and the construction people left a small box, like a long rectangular box, and I hit it and I went right flying through the door and I cracked my head. I heard my head actually crack. And so the next day I saw I had a headache, so I went to ER and he was saying, you should do, he made a recommendation. And, um, you know, we, we determined that I had a grade one concussion. And, um, and then he said, you know, you should have a, you know, a, you should have a CAT scan. And I said, why would I have a CAT scan? And he goes, well, you know your age. I said, what does my age have to do with a CAT scan? So I made him work a little bit and tell me what are the, what are the protocols? Like what, when you advise to have a CAT scan, it's one, two, three, four, five, right? There's five things, you know? And he looked at me and goes, what do you do? I said, I just thought, you know, everything has fives in, in Western medicine. I didn't want to tell him what I did. I said, so tell me what the five are. And he couldn't recite them at the time. This is an ER. He couldn't recite them. And I said, he goes, well, I would have a CAT scan. I said, go ahead, go take one. I said, now, is, is my CAT scan going to tell me something different than what you're telling me right now? Because it's a grade one. And he said, probably not. You know, but if your headache continues, because he finally agreed with me, but the, the deciding factor was my age. So what the age requirement was, you know, I was three months just past that age requirement. So what I said to him, I said, so six months ago, you wouldn't have ordered the CAT scan, right? And he said, well, probably not. And I said, well, then we're not going to order one now. And I said, but I do want to get x-rays of my ankle, my wrist, um, you know, and I, because that, that's where I wanted to see what that looked like. And I wanted to get it at my neck because I know that I had contralateral whiplash. So I wanted to see what was going on with my neck at that given time. You know, so, and then, and then people should know that every time they shoot a CAT scan, it's worth a hundred x-rays. Wow. So, think about how much radiation that you're getting. So that's why like, you know, Hey, if he could prove to me that that was a good thing to do, I would have done it because it would have outweighed, you know, like not doing it. You know, like if I was like not able to stand up, if my pupils were two different sizes, you know, if I couldn't speak a straight sentences and I was going like, blah, 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 you know, then I would have said like, okay, let's, you know, I would have been there the night, day before. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, but it's just like we, sometimes we like, you know, wait too long for some things. We have symptoms that come up. You don't want those symptoms to turn into catastrophes because then you've got major work to do. Yeah. Right. So really so easier teaching people to, empowerment, right? Yes, I do. I teach people empowerment. I work with, you know, I used to try to just teach people like, hey, eat this, don't eat that. But the thing is, I always found people not being successful. So I realized that focusing on that fourth pillar of health, the mindset and the positive mental attitude was huge because if I got to the point, because sometimes people will do really, really well and all of a sudden they'll screw up. You know, and I'm going, well, what happened? What happened when you were screwing up? Like, what happened just before that? You know, and I said, so how do, were, were you feeling? And then we talk about the emotional component of it. 
And it's like, so they were feeling like that. And I said, so I'm, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying this because, you know, I always do that when I talk to a coach, they always go, I go, blah, 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 blah. And they go, oh, the three things that you just said were, it was like less than 20 words. And I used a thousand to say the 20 words. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's the same thing I do, you know, that they do it when I'm listening to that. And I said, so I go, when's the last time you ever felt like that okay what happened then okay is there a time before that that you felt like that is there a time before that and i take it down to like and do the psychometry of back to when that engram happened in the brain so that i can take that and it's no longer reactive and then when it's no longer reactive they can go back and they go like you know i don't care about that piece of bread on the table it doesn't matter to me if it's there or not and it's just like and you know it's just like i now know how to communicate better with my husband because i realized you know, when I didn't feel like I was being heard, you know, or whoever, like husband, you know, partner or whatever. Um, if when you're, if, if I don't feel like I'm being heard, then you're going to start acting out behavior. So why do you do that? Like, where does that come from? You know, so if you can get clear the slate of crap that happened to you growing up in your childhood, you know, a simple thing to get past it, the likelihood of you, you're going to digest your food better, you're going to think better, you're going to move better, you're going to love better, you're just going to love life a lot better, and you're going to be more motivated to go out and do things consistently. Because a lot of times people are aspire, they aspire to do something, but they're never inspired. Right. And so taking that and switching that from the aspiration well, I had an aspiration to become a doctor until I actually got in the car and drove to Atlanta, Georgia to go to chiropractic school. You know, it was not a reality for me. You know, I was just like, oh, I'm going to go do that, you know. And then I, I stepped into like a whole different mindset and a whole different world, you know. And I used to get migraine headaches all the time. You know, it's just like I've had exposure to what I now know because I have sensitivity to mildew. I can be around mold. It doesn't bother me. Mildew, it drives me crazy. I can smell it like across the room, um, out the building, <laughs> you know, like two cars ahead of me. You know, cigarette smoke does the same thing to me. It used to, it doesn't bother me at all anymore because I've learned how to like, where does that trigger come from? What is it? And I take the reaction of that and I turn it into a memory. So when it happens again, the likelihood of my reaction is minimized significantly. And then you can be successful. Right. It's like, watch me now. You know, it's just like, see that finish line? That's where I'm going. And that's what you're going to be saying when you go across that 5K line. <laughs> so right. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. <laughs> so oh my really your audience then is practically everybody. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's like people say that to me all the time, you know, like your audience, like, you know, well, who is your ideal client? I said, if you're living and breathing, I mean, because there's so many people who are sick. I talked to this really cool millennium guy the other day in a B Corp. And the, what I realized was in the B, when I talked to him, he was going, wow, this is just so cool, blah, blah, blah. And I ne always have eliminated um, millenniums out of my um, ecosystem because, you know, I, it's just like, I just, it's that some things with them, I just don't connect in and don't mesh. So I, I, I just kind of grouped them all in. But he was just like, this is so cool. I need this, you know? And I thought maybe I should go back to that you know, millennium group who are interested in their health. You know, if you're not interested in your health, whether it doesn't matter what group you're in, I don't want to talk to you. Um, because, you know, I always ask the first question is, are you willing to do whatever it takes to be healthy? And if you're not, then you're not. I, I, it's just like, I'm not going to have a conversation with you until you're serious about your health. Because you need it for everything. You know, yeah. you need your health in order to function on a daily basis and to function at an optimal level. And you can't do that, you know, if you're feeding your body crap. You know, because you have total control of what goes in your mouth. And so, and if you're eating things that don't work together or just stagnating your gut, you know, no wonder you've got gut pain. No wonder you have bloating. No wonder you have diarrhea or constipation. You know, no wonder you have like that feeling like, you know, like that, that like tingling sensation that goes down that you're thinking like, God, you know, maybe I have a bladder infection. You know, like after you eat something, because you ate, what you ate was way too acid for your system. You know, so, but, and the thing is that no one ever taught anybody how to do any of this stuff, right? right. Like, nobody taught like, hey, this is how you should eat. This is how you like, this is what to pay attention to. So, you know, like the immediate signs of having congestion after you eat or you're tired, those are things like, well, what did I eat and what, and what I ate, what is it that was in there that affects me? So I'm not functioning optimally. You know, I feel like I needed to go take a nap 
and I had to, haven't had turkey dinner. <laughs> you right. know, turkey dinner, you expect to have that feeling, but you don't you shouldn't have that feeling on a regular basis after everything that you eat. And if you do have that feeling, it usually it means that you're eating too many carbohydrates in the uh, in a ratio to protein and also to fats. But you know. You've that fine balance between those two. For some people, that ratio might be, you know, like, because uh, I use um, in the terms of units, um, how many proteins that you need so that you maintain muscle mass. That's what is important in your whole life, especially when you get older. Muscle mass is huge. You know, so you always think, I always think about it as being, um, you know, how much muscle mass do I need in order to function? And then I say, well, how many carbohydrates support those proteins in order to make, do that? And how many fats do I have to have so it makes up a complete protein? It's easy. It's the, actually, it sounds complicated, but it's super easy. And I, I, know, I was people, sitting here doing math in my head. Like, am I eating that right <laughs> <laughs> And Like, I, I walk people through that process about exactly what that is, you know, and then, you know, give them. And then sometimes, you know, I have two questionnaires that I usually give out um, when I first talk to somebody. One's called the MDQ. It's called the Metabolic Questionnaire. And it tells you how you're doing in relationship to your environment. And then it also tells you whether or not you're a candidate to even consider doing a detox. So people always talk about, I want to do a detox, I want to do a detox. Well, the thing is about detox is you don't want to do one that's going to purge your system. You want to do one that tonifies your liver so it works better so that when it dumps those things out, it doesn't want to go put it in your weakest organ or your weakest health flank. Um, and then the other questionnaire in that is a gives well give me a lot of talking space on is the um it gives you a health snapshot of what's going on in your gut right now it talks about inflammation gastric function the colon and the small intestine where all the magic happens so you you have this you know it's just like it gives you like a really good book of knowledge to say do i got something going on that i need something else you know right. and what is that something else and there's a really easy process you know you can't do a detox unless you fix your gut first and if you want to fix your gut then you can change your life Yes. Amen. Yeah. And I remember talking to two different doctors through this whole process when, when I first, when it was first happening and I was being sent, go to the ENT and let them put a scope down your throat, go to an allergist and have all those needles stuck in your back and go to this and go to that. And two of the doctors, and I don't remember which two, but I said, because just on a gut level, I said, I truly think inflammation is, is, really problematic in my system right now like I just knew something yeah, was going on with inflammation improbably. and they looked at me like I had three heads and mm -hmm. nobody wanted to address the inflammation part and I kept asking the questions well Google finally became my you know what's going on with inflammation what what anti-inflammatory food should I be eating and finally I found my nutritionist and then everything changed but mm -hmm. yeah I just knew I knew inflammation is such a huge part of it yeah, you know, people, um, you know, when you have those realizations, and a lot of people just go, they take that, whatever your doctor said to you, originally to you, as, you know, verbatim, right. you know, and so the thing that, you know, one hope that I have and I teach is that, you know, we have nine, the nine, you ever see that puzzle with the nine dots? And you draw four lines without picking your pencil up. And you oh, yes. Connect yeah, all right. dots. Okay. So the idea of that is because it looks like a, a triangle you know, like a, a spear, right? And that's how the dots, and you have to go outside the dots. So, you know, what I realized is like those nine dots represent your box. So do the nine dots have a wall? Clearly not. Neither does your box. So your solutions are not always into what you already know. They're outside of your spectrum of what you know. And you just got to keep on asking people, what do you know about blah, blah, blah. And if they start making sense, then you go, okay, so where did you find that? Tell me where you found that. Or who did you talk to? Because I want to go find somebody who does that kind of work. Um, and so I only work virtually right now with people and have been for the last year. And, um, and so that unless I'm local to somebody, then I'll go, um, I've been asked to go in someone's house. I go, can you take all the stuff in my house that's, um, that's <laughs> toxic in my kitchen, in my pantry? And I said, just take a garbage bag and throw it all in. <laughs> yeah. I was I never saw that and I never seen somebody's you know refrigerator either but I've had experiences when I've gone over to someone's house and I was going I say Hail Mary right, I, right. I, went, I went to a Catholic school for 12 years um me you know, too I say Hail Mary <laughs> so you know that part um and so you know when I see that you know in someone's kitchen you know I go reading labels is important it's boring as all heck to learn you know, and that's what makes me probably like seem to people like, well, she asked me to do weird things. 
Well, it's that weird to read a label, you know, because understanding what that label says, if you can't read a word, you shouldn't buy it. If there's more than five ingredients, you might want to consider like changing your lifestyle to like, I'm only going to have five ingredient meals, you know, and like how many spices do you really need? Sometimes having spices in a substance or whatever you're cooking can lead to having food hangover. You know, and that's not good either. You know, it's, it's like you have to like, well, how do I put all these pieces of the puzzle together? You know, somebody said like, oh, Dr. Pat, you should go on a cooking show. And I said, I never cook from the same recipe twice. And because when I read a recipe, I just look at it for ideas. But my creative brain's going like, okay, I got it. You know, the only recipe I follow somewhat to the thing is when I'm making Caesar salad dressing. Um, because I know there's certain things that are in it, you know, and then I add in Tabasco sauce because I like spicier things, um, you know, in that. And I love anchovies. But if they're smashed up enough, you really don't taste them. But I love Caesar salad. So if I'm ever had, and I'm thinking, well, why do I like Caesar salad right now? Caesar salad is pretty salty, you know. So I'm thinking when you're feeling, you know, like thirsty or you want something salty and potato chips, your liver is kind of saying like, um, could you pay attention to me? <laughs> like here's, this, here's a little subtle clue for you. So there's tons of like signs and symptoms, those little itty bitty things that people never pay attention to. But later on, if something comes up, they wish they had. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. We could go on, couldn't we? I know. I was just going to say, <laughs> my gosh, we could just go on and on and on. So it, I know we didn't get to all of these questions, and they were such great answers um, that you had sent me. So was there anything that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had a chance to yet? So one thing I'd like to mention, you know, like people ask me about my book, and, um, you know, we kind of know where the, the seeds came from, the inspiration of writing my book. But, you know, it's just like, what is my book? And it is a, because, you know, I always go on the premise that you would never go to a foreign country unless you bought a guidebook. And you spend a lot of money on guidebooks. You know, I would never go to someplace and go to a workshop and not expect to have a workbook. And, you know, and I would not ever, like, you know, go to someplace and say, like, you know, like, like, hey, go in cold without having questions. So how this book works is that it's a workbook, it's a guidebook, and it's an advocating tool. So someone can come in and take the questionnaire in there and talk to their doctor because you usually only have 15 minutes anyway. So you can, like, look at what questions do I want to ask. And then you come from a point of having the ace in your pocket and saying, this is how this conversation is going to go today. And so, I love it. You know, and that is so important for people to take control of their health. That's one way that they can start, you know, using, you know, what's going on in their life. So if you don't know the path of health, you know, buy the guidebook. <laughs> it's not that hard. And, you know, and, and I'm having a launch this week. Um, I don't know when this is going to be aired, but my launch is on the 10th for the digital and on the 15th for the soft copy. And so on those two days, you know, I drastically reduce this because my goal is to give information and the, you know, knowledge is power type of thing to people so that they can make better decisions about how they need to move forward in their health, you know, and be more accountable for it and be able to talk with that ace of spades or that ace in their back pocket and move forward. It'd be easier going in with saying, I have these five questions I need to ask you <laughs> and, you know, can you answer them and just, you know, sit down and let the doctor talk and just think, he already took your vitals. Who cares if he has a dog? You know, it's just like, oh, how's your dog doing? Great. Okay, let's get into this because I only have 15 minutes. Right. And you're right. paying for the 15 minutes. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, so, you know, whether your insurance is paying for it because you're paying for your insurance, someone's already paying for that 15 minutes. So you should utilize it to your best ability. Like you wouldn't go into... If you've never been to Morocco before, land off the plane, you know, and suddenly go like, oh, I think I'm going to go advocate and have lunch, you know, but I don't know where to go. So, you know, I'm going up and asking somebody, hey, you know, um, blah, blah, blah. They're going to say like, you know, oh, pretty American, <laughs> like crazy Americans. They come and they're not prepared. Um, so, you know, that way, if you you can have the preparation that you need and you can feel more secure and confident with yourself. And if you get stuck, you can always call me because I'll help you with the questions. Oh, beautiful. And again, I love the idea of empowerment and of being your own advocate. I tout it on the show often. Um that yes, we need to be our own advocates. It, you know, we're we're on our own journey, and we have to be the ones that uh, drive that 
drive that vehicle as we're as we're traveling that journey. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I always talk about you know going back to basics. Because when crap hits the fan, you got to go back to basics. If you want to know what's going on in your health and your life and your relationships, you know, and how what's going on with work, go back to basics. But the idea is to take the cart, which usually is in front of the horse when people are trying to do that, and take the horse and put it. All right, just say that backwards. You want the cart. The cart's usually in front of the horse, and what you want to do is you want to take the horse and put it in front of the cart. So a lot of people only get to that section of that idea. The cart's in front of the horse, so it should move. Well, it can't move unless it's attached. And then the other component is you got to have reins. So you got to take control of the horse in the cart, and you've got to sit in the seat and be able to drive it. So if you don't know how to do those things, you take lessons. You know, you talk to somebody about that. I have a course called Be Stronger, you know, be healthier, be vibrant, you know, be healthier. Um, and that in that course, you can be stronger than medicine because you learn what the basics are, you know, in the diet and nutrition and then the exercise and then the sleep and then the positive mindset and mental attitude. Um, and then also the structures function in, in the proper posture portion of it. And you learn why all those pieces of the puzzle are necessary in order for you to go forward. And then you can logically go, okay, I'm in the seat. I'm ready to go and crack that whip and keep on going. That's, and that's when you have full control and you can ask questions that you can make better decisions from. Because if you ask the wrong question in a doctor's office, he's just going to answer it how you, how you question it to him. So if you don't know how to, to parlay that question in that environment so that it rings in his ear, you know, because he's not going to go like, what do you mean by that? And he's going to answer, we like whatever, it, you know, how the question came across. So it's having, you know, good communication and improved communication skills with that and in that interchange so that you can be healthier, you know, live better, live longer and live healthier, that kind of thing. Yes. And I just want to clarify too, that if you do have a doctor who is not willing to work with you and help, it's okay to switch. It's, it's okay, okay to switch. It's like you go find somebody who, you know, you want... You know, I have this uh, little story. Do you mind if I tell a story? Sure, go a for little, it. A little tiny short run. I was going out to talk to about 40 functional medicine doctors back in 2019. Um, I was invited to go out for their forum and give a talk. And normally people, when they go there, they're always talking about like this research, you know, that I'm doing and yada, yada, yada. So what I went there for is I wanted to help functional medicine doctors help be able to help more patients and improve their communication. And I had no clue about eight days before I was going what I was going to call that talk. And I went out for happy hour, decided I needed to do something social. I was too much in the computer. And I went to this place called Barton's or something like that. And this woman sitting next to me said, I just love my doctor. My doctor just gets me. And I went, mm, picked up my ear, <laughs> tapped her on the shoulder. And I said, what did you just say? And she said, I don't, I don't know what you mean. And she said, I just love my doctor. My doctor just gets me. And she said, yes. I said, tell me about your doctor. What do you love about your doctor? And so she went on for her poor friend, went on for about 20 minutes and things like this. Can I use that as my title for my talk? I'm going to be giving a talk in California um, on such and such a day. And it's the perfect title for it. Can I use that? She goes, absolutely. And I said, I'll mention you, you know, just to give you payback the energy for that but the idea is like you want your doctor like when i say the color is like blood red you know or blue red they go yes i know that color my wife uses that color for you know her nail polish or look at i have it on my toes right now <laughs> you know, and you're thinking what does that have to do with your health it has everything because that is that's telling you that person's listening to you Yes. You know, and so when you're listening to you, they can answer you better. So you want to like, you know, if, if you ever see a doctor, you're like, blah, 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 you know, just shut up. Don't say anything. Yes. And then, well, and then we just talked about the whole, you know, Hail Mary thing. I was named Maria Teresa. And so all my formal stuff says Maria, but I go by Terry. I have since the day I was born. My parents yeah. called me Terry. So my doctor that I had every time I went in, would call me Maria because for the insurance and everything. And I kept telling them, could you put it in your system somewhere that I go by Terry? Like, I don't know if you have a nickname, little area or something. And they, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure enough, doctor would walk in. So Maria, I see here. And I thought, I am just a number at this place. Like there is not a connection. There it doesn't make you feel special. No, it just know? didn't make me feel like seen. 
and hurt. Yeah. Well, you didn't feel any, there's, there was no connection to begin with. Because I yeah. had a patient for 10 years whose name was like, I called her Cynthia <laughs> for 10 years. And then when I was selling my practice, she said her name was Catherine. <laughs> and I said, how come you didn't tell me? She said, Cynthia's a good name. And she goes, and you said it, it wasn't like, you didn't say it maliciously. I mean, for 10 years, I called this woman the wrong oh. name. And then she said, and she goes, don't worry about it, Dr. Pat. And she said, but I just thought in case you ever, like we run into each other someplace, you know, like after this, if I'm up in Boston and I see you, as I was living on Cape Cod at the time, she said that you just know that my name's, you know, like is, is not that, it's Catherine. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay. And, um, you know, and I said, I, I couldn't believe she went, let 10 years, because she was a, a patient of mine for 10 years. I couldn't believe that she let 10 years go by. And she, um, and she never told me. She said, it just didn't matter to me. You know? and, and I said, like, okay. And I said, the next time I'm your doctor, I'll call you by your right name. Yeah, you know, right. I said, I go, or like, I go, if we ever are in the same place, I go and, you know, having lunch or whatever, and you see me, please stop by and say hi. Yes. Oh, <laughs> but, it was, but, it, but it was funny. I mean, you think about like how you do that, but you know, there's, uh, there's other stuff going on there. So like I, that, so when I hear, when you say that there wasn't a connection to begin with, because right. if there was a connection, you know, he might have paid more attention, but he might have just been nimble-minded that he just didn't remember your name, you know. But the thing is, is that, you know, like you were right. You were just a number for him, you right. know. But it's just like but how that came out is that he called you by your real first name. Because I never go by my middle name. I always go by my first name. And um, and I always, for years, I said, everyone's got to call me Patricia. Now I only do that if I'm signing books, you know, or Dr. Pat, you know, and or ask Dr. Pat, or don't forget your health, <laughs> you know, right. things like that, you know, so, but right. anyway, I can oh. see why, I, I understand why, you know, because when people don't feel appreciated or listened to, then it, it, their names are issues, right? Yeah. We, yeah. we give it significance, you know, when you're like, instead of going, but what really has happened it's like you just didn't like him, <laughs> and that's okay. You move on. It's just like he. It wasn't a good fit. I moved on. I did. Yeah. And I highly recommend everybody else to also. Yes. You know when I, I had patients come in to me that I used to to see when I had my practice, and they would say to me they went to their OBGYN and they would say, um, you know, I said, so did you ask him the questions? He's so intimidating. Then see somebody else. He's not your doctor. Right. You know exactly. And it's just like. You know, and I said, you've got to take your health and be accountable for it. And being accountable for it is being with somebody who gets you. Amen. All Amen. Right. So how do, how do folks find you? Where can they connect with you? Well, we connected on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, if you look up Dr. Pat Ballone, I will come up. So I would love to connect and always say where you found me, you know, when they always say, would you like to have a little message? And that's always a good thing. Um, you can find me on my websites being um, updated. So there's some stuff on it that drives me crazy. But the cool thing about my website, which is called Health Team Network, um, which will dot uh, com um, is on the opening page, if you scroll down, there's a microphone. And on that microphone, you can click on it and you can ask me a question that will come to my computer and I will answer that, you know, and I'll invite you to actually have a conversation with me. Or you can go grab a calendar link off my, um, off my website. But it is being updated so that it's easier to follow, easier to, to work with, you know, so that you can get answers that you need and make better decisions from it. Great. All right. And I'll also, put that link. I'll put that link in show notes okay. as well so people can click and, on. You know, and I'm also like, I have a Facebook page. I don't use my Facebook page a lot um, in Amazon. I have a group that if anybody here would like to join it, it's called Be Stronger Than Medicine. Um, just hop on it. You can be part of that group. I'm growing that group right now. So I'm not doing tons of posting, but I'm collecting, you know, people who are really interested in being there. Um, so that I can formulate, you know, a better program. Because I have other programs that I offer, um, but I wanted to put, you know, someplace. So I'm starting to, you know, look for people who, like, you know, want to know something more. They want to have straight answers. Because if I don't know something, I'm not going to tell you I know it. And I'm not going to tell you to do something that I don't do myself. So those are the primary places, you know, the, you know, um, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Same thing as the LinkedIn, Dr. Pat. All the show notes will be on my media sheet. Those, all those links. I mean, okay, will be on wonderful. The media yeah, media I'll put those all in. Great, okay. awesome. 
All right. Yeah, well, this is, this is so much fun. Thank and we you. We both went to like. Did you go twelve years to Catholic school? Yeah. Well, yes. Um, can well, no. I think I did third grade through twelfth uh, grade through Catholic school, and all three of my kids did. So, yeah. <laughs> my boys even ended up. They even ended up at the University of Dayton, which is a Marianist Catholic school. Um, so, yeah. I know. I used to drive through Dayton from Michigan down to the chiropractic school in Georgia. Okay. You know, D- Dayton was, um, Cincinnati was one third of the way, which is just past Dayton. Yeah, I lived in Cincinnati my whole life. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. I yeah. like Cincy. Cincy's a nice, it's a, it is. I always, it was... When I got there, I always knew I just had to slow down. I couldn't drive 10 miles or 20 miles over the speed. Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati, so it is those, just that slow. Ohio State troopers. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they get, they, they will pull you over for two miles over. Yes. You know, it's just like, you just like slow down and you just kind of, and that's the part of the pace that you really want to have over. But you just, Work with the flow. You go with the flow. And get right, the right. So thank well, you so much. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I was just going to say thank you for just the work you're doing in the world, for joining me here today. And, um, yes, I feel inspired and so much more informed. So thank ah, you. Wonderful. I love hearing that word, inspired. Yay. <laughs> inspired, turned on. Get your fire back on. Stop. Yeah, on. Stop. I saw that on your, like your signature um, on the yep. email, and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. And All right. Thank you. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Absolutely. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the Academy terrywellbrock.com for the courses but if you go to my website terrywellbrock.com you can sign up for my monthly hope for healing newsletter which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows um, and just a great space for uh, again healing and hope strategies Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.